Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes taking you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about the real-life, messy behind-the-scenes process of what it takes to build a successful business. Hopefully, each episode helps you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up no matter how imperfectly, so that you can make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's dive right in. Cheers. Hi, Natasha. I'm so excited to have you here today as one of the very first guests. Um, I would love for you to just really quickly introduce yourself to everyone and tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes of how you started your photography business and now pivoting into education and becoming the real queen too. So yeah. Hi guys. Um, so I'm Natasha Coyle. I'm a Charleston wedding photographer and I started my business four years ago this month. Um, oh, and congrats. I was third. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it didn't officially start until February, 2017, but I bought my first camera in uh, November of 2016. And I had no idea about anything with photography or business. I was a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom. I was 34 years old. Um, and I just decided that photography could be a good fit for me for starting a business with our lifestyle, um, with my husband having a full-time uh, career in a corporate job and then having a four-year-old son. And from there, it just kind of really scaled. And now I'm a wedding photographer four years later. Um, and then about 18 months ago, I started a TikTok account and that really shifted my entire business model um, to start to education. So I started TikTok. I saw a ton of growth over there. There was not a ton of photographers um, really mm-hmm. showing up on TikTok, especially. Um, and so I just kind of honed in on that. When Instagram Reels was released a year ago, I started doing Reels. And now I teach other photographers how to utilize short form video to really grow their business. Yeah. And I want to hear kind of just like from your perspective, like what is maybe one thing throughout this whole journey that like you have known and like felt really deeply behind the scenes, but maybe it's not something that is like very known to everyone who follows you online. Yeah. So can you repeat the question? Sorry, Manali. Yeah, no, you're good. Go like maybe like what is one thing about your whole journey that mm-hmm. people who are following you online might not know about? Um, I don't think there's really anything. I'm, I'm very open and share a ton mm-hmm. within my business. I think the the most important thing that I think people don't, don't like realize is that I'm doing two main things for my business and I'm still a stay at home mom because I still stay home with my child mm-hmm. and he's like, he's home right now playing with a yeah. friend. Um, so I'm balancing not only work-life balance, but also motherhood and, and trying to navigate that. And my husband also works from home. So, um, I do think our lifestyle looks way different than a lot of business owners. Cause I do have, um, my husband home, usually working from home and have that support built in at home. So, um, it's just a little different than most people's, you know, work from home lifestyle. Um, but I think that, I mean, honestly, there's, I mean, I'm very open about my journey and I share openly. I think that's why people connect with me. Uh, so I don't think there's really anything in my business that people don't really know about. <laughs> no, that, that's yeah. like a perfect answer. I wanted to ask you, like, that was another question that I had was like, how do you find that balance between home life, work life, like, personal life and like like just keeping up with all your relationships at home like you're very close with Jackson and your husband and stuff but you're also so so close with your clients too and that's like almost a part of like the Natasha Coyle experience Mm -hmm. so how do you work on 
keeping that all balanced, especially during really, really busy seasons, because you're still a full-time photographer. And now you're also like a full-time educator pretty much. And I imagine that that's a lot and probably takes like a little bit of trial and error just to kind of figure out what the sweet spot looks like for you specifically. Yeah. So the thing is, is I think I'm still learning balance and balance changes throughout our business. Um, balance four years ago looks way mm-hmm. different than balance right now. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't start outsourcing within my business until a year ago. Um, so once I brought education on it, that became kind of a journey for me. I knew I needed help. Um, but before that, moving back to Charleston, where we live, having my parents close by, they live 60 seconds down the road, mm-hmm. having my mom support um, in terms of babysitting and things like that. Um, has been a lot of help. But for me in the last year, something that's been really important to me is I, uh, in early 2020, decided that I was not working anymore Sundays. Um, So I stopped taking weddings on Sundays, stopped taking shoots Mm -hmm. on Sundays. Um, I only do engagement sessions and regular portrait sessions for most of my clients during the week so that if I don't have a wedding, then I have the weekend off. So um, I think it's always changing. It's ever evolving and, and making sure that I am I'm trying to find that balance. I don't think that there's ever quite a balance in the scales with it. Um, I think some, uh, some seasons are just a little bit more heavy in terms of I have to work a lot, but then I have a lot of downtime in other seasons. So January, February, I have a lot of downtime. Um, I usually hate the summers off. So I have a lot of time to spend with Jackson when he's out of school. So um, each person that balance is gonna be a little different, but that's kind of how I I work with it as I know I, I might be in a busy season right now is fall, like photographers, mm-hmm. especially um, this is like our busy time. So I just tell my husband, like, you're going to be on dinner duty a little bit more and, <laughs> and I'm going to be out on Saturdays a little bit more for weddings, but it just, you know, I know that the light at the end of the, t- uh, excuse me, light at the end of the tunnel is coming in January, February. Yeah, I, I thought it was so interesting how you're saying you usually take a break in the summer, but that makes total sense because Charleston is so, so hot. Um, I feel like you probably don't have as many weddings within maybe, is it like June through July or when's the hottest in Charleston? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it can or be August? hot in October. Yeah, August, September is like Hades. Um, I So this last year in 2021, because of what happened in 2020, I did have more summer weddings than I usually have. Mm-hmm. Um, but next year, my last one's like second week of June and I will not shoot again until September. Um, oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, July and August are pretty much the hottest month, but it can be really hot mm-hmm. in October. Um, it just really depends on Charleston and how stupid it wants to be with weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I feel that with Virginia too. I like almost never have a July wedding. It's just mm-hmm. not a thing that intentionally yeah. happens, but it's super hot here in July. And that mm-hmm. makes total sense. And then we'll easily have weddings into like November and even December because it is a little bit warmer here than maybe like the North and stuff. So I always think it's so interesting talking to photographers kind of like all over the country to hear about like what, when is there like busy seasons? Because it might not be the same for somebody that you follow on Instagram, who's Mm -hmm. like across the country or like, even Mm -hmm. like from Virginia to Charleston, like it's very different. So I always think that that's super interesting. Um, But you mentioned how you don't take any shoots on Sundays anymore. And I wanted to hear a little bit about what does your week to week look like maybe in a busier season? Because I know it changes throughout the year with just 
you know, the amount of work Everything. that you have. Yeah. So, um, I also try to take Fridays off. So I do have a mm-hmm. wedding tomorrow. So sometimes I will have like a wedding or a shoot on Fridays, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of being in the office, I try not to be in the office on Fridays. And that's one of those, I'm a work in progress, um, because mm-hmm. I, I do work Same. a lot. I'm not going to like lie. Like I have boundaries set up everywhere. Um, because I work from home, it's easy to dive into work from home, mm-hmm. um, because it's there. So um, Monday through Friday, um, or sorry, Monday through Thursday, I'm in the office around 8 a.m. and I work until mm-hmm. about one o'clock. And that's when I go to get Jackson from school, our son. Mm-hmm. And then I'm back in the office around two or three and I stay in the office till five. Um, and then I cook dinner and then normal afternoon, evening life, um, homework, bath, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Saturdays obviously are mostly weddings. If I'm not shooting mm-hmm. a wedding, then it's family time. Um, and then I also have shoots sometimes on weekdays. So like yesterday I had a shoot last night. So my mom came up around four, my husband comes with me to most of my shoots so that he can do behind mm-hmm. the scenes or TikTok and reels. Um, so we usually make a date night out of it. So I, I try and balance it in a way that mm-hmm. even though like we're going to do some work, afterwards we go out to dinner and have intentional date time as well because Mm -hmm. we already have that built-in babysitter um so that's kind of how it's working for us right now I'm sure it'll change at some point (laughs) yeah no I always thought that that was really cool that you do a date note with your husband like Mm -hmm. after a shoot and that he's there with you for kind of like the behind the scenes because he just gets like a better understanding too of like what it's like during your work and I'm sure that you kind of have that like same understanding of like oh like what does he do for his work because he also works from home you mentioned right yeah I don't pay attention to his work that much (laughs) he's an engineer like I do like I know enough to where we get conversations about it but like there's a lot of things he talks about and I'm like I have no idea what that means (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fair he's an engineer we'll we'll make an exception I get that I was an engineer and I'm always like how nerdy am I being right now are people tracking with me um I had a friend ask me about photography stuff and like the difference between like a full frame and like a crop sensor. And I was like trying to explain that. And I was like, am I saying He's laughing over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like med student smart, but it's like interesting, like talking about just like the intricate parts of like what you do. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, which maybe this is like a little bit more, I don't know, in depth is just Mm -hmm. what is maybe one mistake that you feel like you made maybe earlier on and like, what did you learn from it or how did you overcome it? Oh, um, I think more so what we were just talking about boundaries. I don't think that I mm-hmm. set up boundaries early enough within my business. And because like you said, I do have such a personal relationship with everyone that I work with. It's, I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of like the soul of my business. Um, I didn't yeah. set those boundaries up around my business. And once I became an educator and I have a lot of people asking and needing things a lot more, I realized mm-hmm. like, oh, I need, I need to nip this in the butt a little bit um, mm-hmm. to make sure that I am not constantly on um, and also taking care of myself. You have to fill up your own cup before you can fill up other people. So um, mm-hmm. I'm still working on that, but that's something that I wish I had set up earlier on in my business was definitely some boundaries. Um, and then tactically, what do boundaries look like specifically for Mm -hmm. you or what are you working on it doesn't have to be like you're at a perfect state where you like totally honor your boundaries like 24 7 I am guilty of not (laughs) doing that sometimes Um, but I just wanted to hear about like what that looks like for you 
Yeah, um, I try to still run a personal brand and I, I definitely want to be helpful in, especially on the education side and reach out to people that reach out to me and make sure that I'm lending a hand to them because I think it's really important as an educator to do that. So um, one thing that I started doing was voice and uh, video texting back to save some mm-hmm. time, which is yeah. really important to me because I can do it super quickly. I'm usually filled with a lot of information. So if I'm typing it all out, that's gonna take way too much time. Um, another thing that I do is I turn off notifications on my phone. I took email off my phone. Um, so that mm-hmm. I can set a little bit more t- like boundaries around my time. Um, I still do have Instagram and TikTok on my phone, but I have them mm-hmm. hidden. So I have to take extra steps to get to them to get to it. Um, because I feel like we all get into the rhythm of just like, like opening your phone and just clicking and scrolling. Mm-hmm. So if you have to mm-hmm. do extra steps, it kind of limits that, you know, distraction, not a ton. Cause I, I mean, I do, I do like to go on social media, but Ooh, um, one thing mm-hmm. that people don't know about my business, you asked that earlier. I said, there wasn't much, yeah. this is one thing now don't hold it against me because I do it's love okay. social media. It's a safe for business. space. Safe but I, here. I don't love social media. I don't like, I, it's yeah. hilarious because here I am. I teach people about social media for business. Um, but if I didn't need it for business, I wouldn't have it. It's crazy. It's like a conundrum of feelings because I don't mm-hmm. love it. And I think that it, 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 I do think that there's a lot of positive things that come from it, especially like community. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of negativity that comes from it too. So it's kind of one of those love hate relationships. I, I feel the exact same way. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really use mine until I really kind of quote unquote had to, or saw it as like a positive tool for my mm-hmm. business. And that's kind of why I've like been as consistent in posts as much. But if mm-hmm. I were not running a business, I definitely would not use it to the yeah. same caliber. I'd probably be like a lurker who like occasionally comments on somebody's stuff and like doesn't mm-hmm. post very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to hear just a little bit about what that has been like for you, because I, that is like a very signature thing that you're known for is like mm-hmm. specifically like how to use TikTok and how to use reels. And those, it's not just like social media, but it's like newer things in social media too, that you had to kind of like, you were one of the first people to adopt those tools specifically within social media. Mm-hmm. And yet people might not know, like, you know, this isn't something that you would like would do for fun necessarily like it's very fun to you I'm not gonna say it's like a total drag for you to like (laughs) film reels I've seen you do them (laughs) it looks like so much fun and you're so great at them um but what has that kind of been like to still be one of the first adopters when maybe default Natasha with not running a business is not Mm -hmm. necessarily on social media a lot so I actually think it's a little bit opposite I think that TikTok lit the fire again in me to actually enjoy social media again, because mm. I feel like Instagram, and if you remember beginning of 2020, Instagram was way different. Um, you weren't being heard. It was hard. Like, I just felt like I was put into a boundary of a box I didn't want to be in. And mm-hmm. I had been taught all these rules as a photographer. We learned from a lot of people things to mm-hmm. do, not to do and whatnot. I had been taught all these rules and I was living by those rules because I felt like I had to. And then I started TikTok kind of not, I don't want to say secretively. I just wasn't super loud and proud about it. Like I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it just opened up my eyes that I can share the way that I want to share. I can show up the way that I want to show up. Um, and it'll be okay. And I don't have to put these boundaries around myself. So I do mm-hmm. think that it gave me like permission to enjoy social media and not honestly, I felt like it was a chore before that. I was like, mm-hmm. I love Instagram because I, I, I get so many brides and grooms from Instagram. It's a great way to show your work and show up. Mm-hmm. Me personal, but 
I definitely felt like it was a chore and I felt like it, like there was not as much positivity coming from it until I found this new thing that I really love and, and really love to share and, and help other people learn to learn to do it. So I think that that's kind of like the boundaries within it for me was mm-hmm. starting TikTok and, and really starting to, to enjoy social media again. I have a question for you around this. Do you feel like there's like a little bit more space for imperfection around TikTok than Instagram? Is that kind of like part of the reason? That's why I loved TikTok. And I, yeah, I teach about reels. It's like, I, I contradict myself a lot. And I think that's why people, no, it's fine. Maybe that's why people like me or don't like me. I don't know. Um, either you love me or hate me. But the thing with TikTok that I loved was that you did not have to be perfect. It was not per- perfect feeds. We did not have to show up and create this unachievable idea of perfection within our business, which I think there's a lot of people that share, uh, share and showcase. I think that mm-hmm. it's unachievable. I don't think that perfection is, is achievable. It shouldn't even be something that you necessarily want. Um, so once Instagram said that they were releasing reels, I was like, oh man, now they're going to perfect it. It's literally going to be perfected TikToks. Um, it's going to be overly produced and overly done and filters and all of these things. And I was really sad about it, but I was like, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to try mm-hmm. it. And I did. And I love it. I do think that reels Instagram has, has, the perfection has creeped in a little bit there. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, that's one thing I do encourage people that I teach is like, you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. I know there are people that are going to do it perfectly mm-hmm. and that's great for them. But if you can't live up to that standard, it's okay and grace yourself grace not to do that. You can still mm-hmm. be successful with reels. And honestly, maybe a little bit more successful because it's real and it feels real and people connect with real. Yeah, it's way more relatable. And I, that's something that I have, I've definitely struggled with, I think over the years without even realizing that it was a problem, because I think when I first started, I was like, I'm looking at these photographers that are like five years in. And at first it was like a very healthy motivation to like up my client experience. Um, But at a certain point you realize that like, one, it's very curated, right? You're showing up in a very positive light all the time Mm -hmm. um, for the sake of clients. And two, like I started to realize that I was beating myself up for very, very little mistakes. And like, up until recently, like you're probably the same, like you're running everything yourself. So, you know, a lot of times behind the scenes, we're running everything ourselves. Like I didn't start start outsourcing um, until I think like 2019, 2020 as well, you know, and it's very easy to be like, oh, I misspelled something on my reel. Like, Mm -hmm. shoot, I have to take this whole thing down and like Mm -hmm. put it back up again. And it's kind of just like, you don't even realize that perfection is something that's like creeping in until you have that feeling of like, I don't feel like I can show up here because I feel like I'm being put into a box. Um, So I love that you encourage people to just kind of do it in their own way. Um, And just paralyzing, honestly, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it can paralyze us from showing up and letting people. And how sad is that, that we're going to allow something that probably isn't real stop us from sharing what is real you know it's mm-hmm. kind of sad so I, I definitely that's one of the things I don't love about social media <laughs> because I feel like we all have something to offer and we all should be able to show up in our own way and mm-hmm. never feel like it's not good enough because it is and there's people out there that need mm-hmm. to hear and see what we have to share mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I love that I also like whenever I see somebody else show up imperfectly, like if somebody stumbles over their words or like maybe has something misspelled, I'm never like, oh, that's the worst. I'm always like, oh, they did that. It's almost like permission for you to not have to be perfect and have Mm -hmm. everything like super curated, like all the time. Like I always appreciate that somebody still posted it, even if there was like 
something small like that that does not like detract from the impact of it. Sorry, Keegan's gonna <laughs> Hello. This is why. And like this is another example. Yeah. I have to literally tell my clients, like, if my Zoom stops, it's because my cat is yeah. walking over my keyboard. And you know, like that is something that I maybe would not have like told people mm-hmm. when I first started my business because I'm like, I'm gonna have like a perfect consultation ever, like mm-hmm. nothing can go wrong and stuff like that. And I think over time it's just so freeing when you can mm-hmm. be like, this is my real life. Like I'm so sorry if my cat quits out of Zoom, but you know, it's just a thing. And I think there's so much more freedom in living and running a business from that mm-hmm. standpoint as well. Yeah. I feel like stories, when stories was introduced to Instagram, it really opened up the opportunity to start sharing some of that behind the scenes and sharing some of that imperfection a little bit more. And now that mm-hmm. Reels has come in, um, it's really opened up that door for some people, not for everybody, but for some people it's opened that door to be mm-hmm. like, okay, like in my Reels, like they're not overly produced. They're literally done mm-hmm. in like a ring stand in my office or our bedroom and, or like behind the scenes videos. Um, but because I just share it and let it be, and just as who I am, you like it or you don't like it. I think that that has been a breath of fresh air, especially for me, for how to show up on social mm-hmm. media. And it's giving me a lot of grace on not feeling like I have to have a certain like content plan in terms of what I show up with. And mm-hmm. that has helped me like with anxiety it has helped me with feeling like I need to show up in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, it's helped my business to be able to just kind of show up the way I want to show up. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, it's something that I feel like I'm still constantly working on with like stories and stuff, like I'll still edit my pictures, but it's also totally okay to just like put them as they are. Like people see our portfolio work like on our websites and like on our feeds and stuff. Yeah. And so some of it, I feel like it's almost just like unlearning some of those tendencies. Mm-hmm. And like, I think stories and reels have been really great tools kind of mm-hmm. for that and just different avenues for that. But Um, I had one last question for you. Mm -hmm. What is the best piece of advice that you have been given in your business? And what is one piece of like advice or encouragement that you want to leave people with? Um, Yeah, so (laughs) that was okay. The first one, I think that I learned early on that we should invest in ourselves. And that's Mm -hmm. something that's hard, especially when you're first starting, hard Mm -hmm. to think about. But it's something that I took to heart as soon as I started. And I really started investing in myself in terms of like learning as much as I could, ingesting as much information as I could, um, investing in the tools that I utilize and and just Mm -hmm. really it just helped me be able to make even more money to be able to learn and grow from the investments that I, I, I would, you know, buy from educators and, um, and whatnot. So I do think investments is key to growing your business. Um, mm-hmm. and now I'm at a level where I'm not even like doing like courses or anything like that anymore. Now I'm investing in business coaches, which has been so good for me as helping me navigate these new worlds of business. Um, but one piece of advice, you know, I, I live by this and I tell everybody this, like people are going to not remember what you did, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. And if you can make the people that you're working with feel amazing, make them feel like they're the only people you're working with, um, leave them with such a lasting impression that they are going to scream your name from the rooftops and you really can't go wrong in your business. Um, so I definitely think client experience is key and making sure that you leave people feeling better than when you found them. I love that. And I know that you do that so, so wonderfully. Um, 
And so just to close things out, where can people find you online and yes. just keep up with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Instagram, Natasha Coyle Photography, same thing on Facebook and on TikTok. And then my website is natashacoylephotography.com. Well, thanks for being one of the first guests. I'm so glad that you were able to share your time and just share your heart, honestly, with everyone that is watching here today. Yay. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, of course. If you loved this episode, be sure to check out my free masterclass for photographers to help you book out your wedding photography business this upcoming year. I chat through three key tips that you can start implementing today to confidently raise your prices and book those dreamy clients. You can sign up at manaliphotography.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S. I'll see you inside.